Welcome back to another episode of the Unintentional Grounding Podcast, episode 16. My name is Ian Wind. I'm with Josh Hoffman, my co-host, as always, and not as always. We have a special guest with us today. Jake, what's going on, my man? Not much. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, Josh, why don't you talk real quick about who Jake is? Obviously, I know him. Audience doesn't. Uh, how you know him and uh, why he's on the pod today. Yeah, so uh, Jake and I met online playing some video games. What was this? Uh, winter of 2020? Was that when we met? Or 2019? Uh, 2020, mid-COVID. Yeah, it was d- during COVID. Um, and then, yeah, we've pretty much just been friends ever since, playing games, talking football. Uh, we're in a fantasy football league together. And yeah, he's a big Giants fan. So as a Pats fan that, you know, we have our uh, butt heads a little bit, but excited to have him on the pod and talk Giants for this divisional matchup this week. Uh, yeah, so it should be good. Yeah, I'm I'm super excited that you're on, Jake, obviously, especially because the Giants uh, won against the Vikings last week and they're going to be playing another NFC East team this coming week in the divisional round. But we were planning on having you on anyway to talk about League of Villains at some point. So good to be able to do both at once here. Um, So before we talk about the matchups for the divisional round, I just wanted to ask both of you if you had any sort of big takeaways or thoughts um, from what you watched in the wildcard weekend, which was a lot of fun. Jake, all you guest first. Um, I don't. I think one thing that's going to come out after this postseason is that Josh Allen's elbow is going to be a bigger issue than it's being led on to be. Um, it was just. I mean, they got the win, but it was just a pretty ugly win, and I I don't know if that team is going to make it past the divisional round. Yeah, I, I like that, because I, I mean, I don't really know how much is going on with his elbow, but Ian and I talked a little before uh, you got on, and, you know, I'm I'm a little more concerned about the Bengals' uh, defense, but if his, like, his offensive game, he did not look good. Um he had a bad game and you know Ian was saying that the likelihood of him having another bad game is pretty unlikely but uh yeah i i kind of agree i think the bills are it's a little risky to be a bills fan right now, right now i think they're probably the worst point this year that they've been you know injuries question marks they gave up 31 points to the dolphins you know so i get that i would definitely be tense going into this matchup this weekend honestly i when i was Josh was just referencing we talked about it when I was talking to him about Allen and thought he wouldn't have another bad game I totally didn't think about the elbow angle so that's a really good point um if that's yeah that seems like it could be a good explanation for why he's been so bad because I mean Josh Allen does have a history of being like this guy who's like on the one hand pretty insane but then does you know stupid things or or really makes really bad throws sometimes and Maybe the elbow is a is a big factor there, and it's just not being talked about. So that is something that is uh, I don't know. I guess I should be we should be paying attention to that when we watch the uh, the game this coming weekend. And he hasn't um, been like completely terrible, you know. He's still putting up yards and touchdowns. It's just it seems like he has five picks over the past three games. So that that kind of feels like a lot uh, for him, and something to pay attention to. It's just, it's definitely not the same Josh Allen that we were accustomed to in the beginning of the season. And it, 
it's all really coming up after that injury. So I, I definitely think that that's a key component in what's happening. Yeah. I think uh, my hot take, well, I don't know if it's a hot take, but I thought the Cowboys looked really good. And I, Ian and I on last pod uh, talked about how we both have the 49ers as our Super Bowl favorite. Um, I still really like them. I think they looked really good in the second half of that game against the Seahawks. But uh, yeah, I don't know. The Cowboys did a lot of things defensively scheme-wise that they don't really ever do. And, you know, they made it so they had their best players on the field where they wanted um, in the right spots against all the weapons the Bucks had and pretty much just shut them down. And their offense looked, you know, very capable as well. So uh, I'll, I'm, I think that's my game to look forward to is I really wonder how good the Cowboys are going to look this weekend. Yeah, it's definitely um, going to be a matchup. Um, I, I personally think that uh, 49ers are the team to beat. If I were to put money on who's going to win the Super Bowl, I, I would honestly throw it on the 49ers. Um, but yeah, the Cowboys definitely looked great over the weekend, and it should definitely be a good matchup. Yeah, well, so, in, you know, why don't we just get right into that matchup then, since we're talking about it? Um, I'm I'm right there with you, Jake, like, and I think Josh and I both had the same prediction as well, which was that, you know, if we had to pick a team to win the Super Bowl before the wildcard weekend, we both picked the 49ers, um, just because they're so complete, it, unless you want to have, you know, take issue with Brock Purdy, you know, not being maybe an elite quarterback, but we'll see, you know. We'll see how he plays against better defenses. Um, but yeah, let's talk about that one first. I feel like the Cowboys are going to be very live in this game. Um, you know, both fan bases travel well, so it's not like 49ers having a home field advantage in California is super meaningful, per se. Um, and Did you say you took them betting-wise, or the, the Cowboys spread? Yeah, I think I took the Cowboys like at plus four and a half just because... Like, I am a little skeptical that Brock Purdy can continue to play up to the level that he's played at so far. And I was saying that the Cowboys defense is the Cowboys defense has weaknesses that are different than the Seahawks defense, but by and large, their defense as a whole is much better than the Seahawks. And so I think, and also, like, the 49ers are less familiar with the Cowboys in general even though they did play them in the playoffs last year. Um, but Brock Purdy specifically is unfamiliar with, with them, you know? So it's it's just, I do think the 49ers are justified favorites. I, I think as everyone pretty much agrees, but I totally see a scenario where the Cowboys get this upset. I think the main thing that gives me pause though, is that Mike McCarthy traditionally just hasn't been a very good playoff coach, whereas Kyle Shanahan is. So that's kind of my take on it. Um, I am really interested to see how much success Christian McCaffrey and the 49ers run game has as a whole against this Cowboys defense. So that's probably the main thing I'm going to be looking at. And then obviously Purdy, we're going to have to see how he plays. I think on top of that, the other running game, the, uh, the Cowboys running game, you know, the Seahawks in the first half of that game against the 49ers were torching them. You know, they cracked off a lot of big runs and, I don't know. I think they had close to 100, if not more than that, in the first half, uh, rushing the ball. So, you know, if they can get their ground game going, going and Tony Pollard looked phenomenal, like he has pretty much all season, uh, against the Bucks, you know, that, that could also be a problem for him. Yeah. Jake, do, you, do you have any Cowboys takes? I know you've seen them a few times this year. Um, 
I mean, I, Cowboys are definitely up there with the Eagles. Like, I, I think that either one of them could be interchangeable for our division. Um, so Cowboys are definitely one of the best teams in the league. And they really showed it last week. They had a great game. Um, everyone did well. I think that going off of what Ian said, it's going to coaching is going to be a big part of it. I think that Kyle Shanahan is just a better minded coach and Mike McCarthy is really going to have to step up and try to stop everything that uh, Shanahan's going to be doing. Yeah. Which, I, like, I, I want to say I don't have faith in McCarthy to do that, especially because of last year's playoff matchup between these two but every year is different and it really seems like the cowboys came with a with like a perfect game plan against the bucks and so if they can somehow you know if whatever process they're using to create these game plans when they watch film of the other team like maybe maybe their approach this year is better plus they have um, a healthy or a healthier Dak. you know last year didn't Dak come back from injury just a little before the playoffs or like right as the playoffs started and you know that's yeah, I don't, I don't, he, he wasn't a hundred percent or like, you know, wasn't fully ramped up at least like he has played every game this year pretty much. Yeah, that's true. I mean, he, he missed a couple games earlier in the year with the finger injury or, or hand injury of some sort, but he's, he's been playing for a while now. Um, I guess the flip side of what I'm saying though, just to play devil's advocate with myself is that the Bucks are just not that good of a team. And, and obviously the 49ers are a very good team. So, you know, what, I guess it is kind of hard to know, like, how much do we take from the Cowboys from that last game? But I just think that, like, look, I love to make fun of Dak. You both know this. Um, Brian and I love, you know, Brian and I say the Dak Prescott special every time he throws an interception. But he's still, like, better than Brock Purdy. You know, like, in a playoff game, I if if you ask me which quarterback would I rather have, I'm still taking Dak. So. Yeah. Quarterback is so influential on how these games, uh, how these games go, and and I just I don't know I kind of like the Cowboys, but I'm, it's almost one of those things where it's like you think that and then they get smoked. Yeah, know? which I wouldn't be shocked by either at all. I just um, feel like this, the Forty Niners secondary it. is vulnerable. Yeah. Well, yeah. I w- I was gonna bring up the point that the Forty Niners um, definitely had some blown coverages against the Seahawks. Um, but I think that important thing that's not being taken into account yet is that 49ers have a solid two days extra of prep for the Cowboys, whereas the Cowboys have what, five days? Yeah, I guess that's true. Um, I, I, didn't, I didn't think of that. And going off of what Ian said, Tampa Bay really wasn't a super scary opponent. No, I don't, I don't think that I don't think that anyone was really afraid of them coming into the playoffs. So I, I still think that the Niners are going to come out on top, but I guess we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah, I I feel like that pretty much sums it up. I, you know, I, I think th- this is going to be a good matchup, though. Both both matchups on Sunday. I think Bengals and Bills are on Sunday as well. Should be really good. Um, so the N- other NFC divisional round matchup. We have Giants and Eagles. Jacobus, would would you like to start us off for the Giants? Um, I can't believe that we're here. <laughs> <laughs> but, 
Um, Josh, you and I were talking about it yesterday, and you disagreed with me, which is something that we do a lot. But coming into this season, most analysts um, were not saying the Giants were going to be good. I mean, I was seeing three and fourteen, five and twelve, um, and it's just amazing to see that we're here now. And it, it really is just to me all on the shoulders of devil and what he's done with this team and the coaching that coaching's just been fantastic. And um, I don't know what's going to happen. I'm not, <laughs> anything can happen on any given week, but um, even if we take a very hard L, I, I, this season was a win for us. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I think when Jake and I were talking last night, we were talking about total wins. You know, I would have bet that, you know, if the line had been five and a half, I probably would have taken over. I could have seen the Giants winning six games this year. Um, but I don't think any more than that. So, yeah, I mean, as you said, coaching, I think Ian and I talked about it last week, how how impactful good coaching is, is so obvious. Like when you see bad coaching versus good coaching. And I think this is a perfect example of it with Dabble because y'all won four games last year or three games, whatever it was. Uh, so and now you're nine to seven and one. Um, you guys are looking good. It seems like you're getting better every week. You turned Danny Dimes into a pretty damn good quarterback who, you know, there were so many question marks with all the interceptions he was throwing and Saquon's back healthy. Your defense is very capable. Uh, my concern, though, is don't you guys have some injuries on the defensive front? Aziz got hurt last week. I'm not right, sure that's what, I thought. what the, Same ex- with Thibodeau, the extent no. of was that. Who? Thibodeau? Uh, no, not that I know of. I think that oh. he's all set. I thought they said um, he was out of the game. I might have made that up. Uh, I'm not sure. I'm, I don't think so. Um, but he's been injured. But, Aziz has been injured on and off. Like, yeah, all Aziz has been injured a lot. But actually, last week was the first time all season that there was um, – no one on the injury report. So actually, this is, I mean, other than Aziz, as far as I know, this is the healthiest we've been all season. I actually want to go off that real quick, because Josh, you mentioned that they went 9-7-1 and one in the regular season, which obviously the record in, a, in and of itself exceeded expectations for the Giants. But the context is when you when you add the injury context over the course of the season to that record, it's even more impressive. Like the, the Giants lost tons of people to injury yeah. throughout the year. Some of them came back, some of them didn't. I mean, we all know what, you know, the wide receiver core with Wandale out for the season. Um Sterling Shepard out for the season. Uh, both well, of those guys. It, oh, it's um, it's not Shepard. It's the other S guy who's healthy now, right? Slayton. Slayton. Yeah, Slayton. Yeah. Yeah, Slayton. I always get them mixed up. But but you know those those two guys on those two wide receivers were were playing well and and you know they're out for the season and it's just like the next guy steps up. Like I feel like four weeks ago I had no idea who Isaiah Hodgins was and like now he's catching touchdowns in playoff games and like he's getting like I was watching the game and I don't remember who I was telling this to whether it was a group chat that we're in or someone else but I was just like thinking to myself like Isaiah Hodgins gets a ton of separation these wide receivers who like Isaiah Hodgins who I didn't know existed four weeks ago is like playing meaningful uh snaps and also having 
actual production in playoff games. Granted, the Vikings secondary is one of the worst in the league, but like still, it's a testament. All I'm trying to say is this whole thing is a testament to the coaching. Like, players who aren't that talented, but then come in, you know, when someone gets injured and, and do well, like that's a testament to coaching, not just to that player. And I, I just think we've seen that all year in various different ways from not just Brian Dable, who's more of an offensive guy, but also just the team as a whole, like it plays really well, plays really well. Like Wink Martindale's a great defensive coordinator. So I just, I don't know. I, I think, you know, yeah, like I'm also surprised the Giants are here, but I think they're live dogs. I think they're live dogs against this Eagles team that is that has that might be like a little rusty, you know, they they haven't played. I mean, the buy is having a buy is a benefit, but it's maybe also messes up their rhythm a little bit. Um Jalen Hurts is not 100% healthy. Uh the Eagles one of the Eagles most important players is Lane Johnson. He's not 100% healthy. AJ Brown's a little bit banged up. You know, I'm not saying that all of these injuries will make a huge difference, but when you add everything up, like, I don't know, the the betting line is seven and a half, and I think the Giants keep this game close. So I, I'm really excited to watch this because the Eagles defense is legitimately good, unlike the Vikings, you know? So this will be a good test to see, yeah. like, how much can the Giants really do with what they have? Yeah, I don't want to get too ahead of myself, but I, as you said, I, I think it's going to be a game. Um, we, the Giants have almost every player back. It sounds like Aziz is going to be back. I was doing, um, some research on him. It looks like he's going to be back. Um, it was just a quad issue. Um, and as you said, Eagles are going to be rusty. Um, I mean, Jalen Hurts has played one game in what, five or six weeks. Um, yeah, it's been a little while. And I do think that the Giants defense has been stepping up. Um, Wink is a great coordinator and sort of like Isaiah Hodgins, he he was someone that we picked up in the middle of the year. Uh, we have picked up quite a few linebackers that have been stepping up. Um, Jihad Ward, uh, Jalen Smith, they've been playing great ball. Um, and it, it's going to be a good matchup, I think. Yeah, I was trying to look up their DVOA just to see how good the Giants have been, but I do know they, you know, they've had a lot of close games. They've kept a lot of teams, you know, I think they're rarely giving up more than 25 points, you know, it's and they're pretty consistently keeping it like around 20, um, which is I feel like is a pretty good number because I, I think a lot of the games that when I look at playoff football or just a team winning, I'm thinking, you know, if it's a good offensive team, can you get to 30 plus, you know, like roughly to that? And that seems to be a pretty consistent. Like if you're getting to that 30 range. You have a pretty damn good chance of winning. Um, but I think, yeah, I think this is going to come down to the, which offense can make more plays. Cause I think both defenses are going to keep, you know, the score relatively low. I don't really, and this is the third time y'all have played, you know, y'all got smoked the first time. The second time was the last week of the season, but I think both teams were playing a win, you know? So no, Giants were, I mean, yeah, Giants were playing a win, but the Giants were playing. I guess, yeah, that's second, true. Second string, we had uh, Davis Webbin, our third string quarterback, and it was a six-point game. And I, I know that that was Jalen Hurts' first game back, um, and I'm sure that they weren't going as hard because it was the last week. It was 
supposed to be an easy win. But I, I do think it's hard to beat a team three times in a year. Um, yeah. Divisional opponents, man. You have a lot more info on divisional opponents, just more more than just that single year, you know. Uh, Y'all have been playing several years in a row with, you know, some of the same roster pieces. And yeah, like you said, three times in one year, it just seems really hard. So I, I don't, I mean, Giants are definitely live dogs. Uh, I don't think I'd bet them if I had to. But uh, I don't. I don't think like rationally anyone would. Um, but yeah, I think they have a, as good a chance as anyone to beat this team. Uh, yeah, I agree. I mean, like, like I said earlier, anything can happen on any given week. Um, I, I think it'll be a good matchup. Yeah. So any so just any like, final takes? Well, I just wanted to say like momentum matters a lot in not not in game momentum in my I mean, well in game momentum too, but. Just like when a team is starting to play their best football later in the season into the playoffs, like that's meaningful compared to a team that isn't. And I don't think the Eagles are playing their best football right now. And I I think you could say the Giants are. And, you know, I think, you know, when the the year that the Eagles won the Super Bowl, nobody, you know, they were underdogs every week, whatever. They were playing really good football at that point. And they had been. And and I don't know, it just kind of reminds me of of this situation you know, just in that way. Obviously, that roster was a lot more talented talented than the Giants roster is, but anything can happen. And I just I just have a feeling that, you know, I'm not going to go out and say that I think the Giants are going to win the game, but I will say on the record that I think this is going to be a close game. I don't think this is going to be a blowout. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a really good point. I mean, Jake jokingly the other day posted that uh, wildcard Giants meme or whatever into the playoffs. Because, you know, the Pats got to experience that multiple times. But you're so right. You know, if a team is hitting their stride in the last three to five games in the regular season, looking really good, get a playoff win, and then go up against, like, the real foes of the of the league, you can win those games. Especially, like like you said, the Eagles aren't firing at all cylinders like they were in the middle of the season. So, yeah, that's a Absolutely. good point. Yeah, nothing scarier than a nine-win Giants team in the playoffs. <laughs> it's accurate. It's honestly uh, It's so accurate, and I hate it so much. <laughs> uh, all right, so we'll move to the AFC. Uh, we got Jags versus KC. Uh, I know Ian, Ian's got opinions on this game more than I do. Like, I, I think the Chiefs should not necessarily roll, but I think they have a really good chance of winning this game fairly comfortably. Um, but I, I don't know, maybe the second half of that game against the Chargers is a better representation of who the Chargers really are than that first half. Um, but I, I don't know how much you can truly take from that game. Like maybe if you're the Jags, you just like, we cut out, we throw out that first half of film and only look at the second half and look at all the things we did well and the adjustments we made and how well the offense was humming. But I think if you're an opponent, you have to look at that first half and, see there's some takeaways that you can use to maybe fluster that Jags D or that Jags offense. I do know that Lawrence, uh, you know, some of those were uncharacteristic mistakes, those picks and wasn't all just him playing poorly, but that first half was ugly. And then that second half was fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I want to be clear, like I'm not predicting the Jaguars win the game outright, but you know, I'm always approaching things from a betting angle, not just because I like to bet, but like I was saying to you before, Josh, like the ways, the directions that the betting lines move tend to be very accurate in terms of gauging 
the smartest people's sentiment towards what they think is going to happen in the game. Not always, of course, but often. And, you know, it's just like a lot, everyone is betting on the Chiefs. And I, I think a lot of people are just assuming like Chiefs, Mahomes, therefore we put the money on them. Um, I think this is like a dangerous matchup. Like I, the Jags are a frisky team that that have a number of solid weapons on offense. Uh, and when Trevor Lawrence isn't throwing four picks in a half, which will almost certainly never happen, possibly ever again in his career, uh, I think this team can do damage against the Chiefs' defense. Um, obviously, Mahomes is going to get his against the Jaguars' defense. I think we all know that. But again, like the Giants game, like I this, I just don't see this as a blowout. Like I, I see this as like generally a, a heavy offensive game where the teams take turns scoring touchdowns. Um, and yeah, I'm not going to, again, Jags, I'm not going to say Jags are going to win, but I think they're being undervalued again. And I think especially at plus it, nine and a half, I mean, that, right, that's, that's that line. Yeah. Like plus nine and a half is the line that I bet. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's just, you know, the Jags are, I think part of it is like of based on how, how they did last week against the chargers, right. Where it's like. They played so badly, and then somehow they won. That's a fluke. That won't happen again. Blah, 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 blah. Reality is, is every game is different. The Jags have the Jags have unique strengths that make them a little more dangerous against the Chiefs than the Chargers, in my opinion, although obviously they beat the Chargers, uh, which is mainly just to say that I don't, I don't believe in the Chiefs' secondary nearly, nearly as much as, I guess, the Chargers won. Um, so, you know, I, I don't know. I just think it's going to be close. Big, big number, nine and a half or even eight and a half for that matter. Anything over a touchdown and a half or a touchdown is a big number for me. So, um, yeah, that's kind of how I feel about it. But I I think we're going to see a good game from Trevor Lawrence. That'll be I'm most we know what Mahomes is going to be. I'm most interested in seeing how Trevor Lawrence does in this spot, which, again, this game is on the road. So it's in, in Arrowhead. Jake, any takes on that? Uh, I think Ian summed it up perfectly. I mean, we, we know that the Chiefs offense is going to get theirs. Um, and, and I think we all can agree that uh, Chargers definitely had a more well-rounded defense as opposed to Kansas City. So I, I, I agree it'll be a shootout. I'm excited to see what Doug Peterson has in store. Um, he really pulled the team together in that second half and made some pretty ballsy calls and you just love to see stuff like that. Yeah. That was the one thing that Ian didn't mention was the Doug Peterson angles that, you know, I, I think there's, there's a lot of value in playoff experience in any sport. Um, but if the players don't have it, there's no one better than your head coach to be a Super Bowl winning coach. Right. You know, I think this year's display of how they, they even started the year kind of, rough like I think they were 500 through like four or six weeks and then they really turned it around you know I think him as a head coach is is really big and another example of what great head coaching can do when you go from uh Meyer uh Urban Meyer to Peterson you know I think that the the drastic difference in capabilities was evident so yeah I'm excited for this one I think it I think pretty much all the games are going to be shootouts except for the I actually yeah maybe not the Giants Eagles but pretty much all of them should be shootouts just one other point on this game. 
you know, the Jaguars were at home against the Chargers in the first round, and I think that they felt that that was a very winnable game for them, and I'm sure they do have confidence in themselves to beat the Chiefs too, you know, no matter how unlikely that is. The difference, I think, is that there probably was a little bit of pressure on them to win that game against the Chargers. It was at home, winnable game, you know, everyone, the whole public has a perception that, you know, it's, it's a close game. Now, what pressure is there on the Jags? All the pressure is on the Chiefs, right? All the pressure is on them to deliver. And uh, I just think that, you know, the the worst possible situation is the Jags losing, which is what everyone expects to happen. So I just think this team's going to be mentally ready. And uh, I think Doug Peterson has proved that teams under him are mentally ready, um, no matter what the level of experience is in the playoffs for their players, like you said. So I just think that's another thing. It's just like, yeah, you're going against Mahomes, but like he has all the pressure on him. So no, that's a valid point. Yeah. I, I think that the back against the wall mentality is, is definitely real. And the Jacks definitely have their back up against the wall. No one's expecting them to win. Um, all they got to do is just go out there and, and play ball. And if they lose, then that's what everyone thought. But they, they really don't have anything to lose. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, that's similar to the Giants. Both, both, both teams, I think, are supposed to lose, right? So it gives them even a greater ability to just go out and do what you want to do, play football. That should be exciting. So, uh, yeah, is that, did we talk Bengals bills? We still got to talk Bengals bills, right? We, we alluded to it, but we didn't really get into it. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one, this one, you know, I, when we first hopped on the call, I was thinking this, this seems like I really think the Bengals are going to win this game. And then Ian kind of talked me out of that. But then Jake bringing up the elbow, and, you know, I, I think there are a lot of concerns. Just this is not a fully functioning, running on all cylinders team. So, and I, I'm, like, if I had to take a quarterback outside of Mahomes, it would be Burrow. And I think it's pretty close that, like, I, I can almost talk myself into taking Burrow. And, you know, they went to the Super Bowl last year, and I know the Chiefs have been several times. But I don't know. I, I'm... Like if there's one favorite that I see losing this week, it would be the Bills more so than anyone else for me. What's the line at? Do you guys know off the top of your head? Uh, I looked before. I think it was – which game is this? I think it's uh, Bills by five and a half. It's it's like five or five it's and five. a half in most yeah, places. It's five. Yeah, five or five and a half. Yeah. More than I thought it would be. Right? That's what I, think, I thought. I said the same thing. I think that um, – the Bills really just need to figure out their run game. They need to stop trying to put Josh in these situations where Josh wants to try to make a play downfield. Uh, they just need to keep it simple and, and get that run game involved. But And that that's the thing, is, like, they don't really have one. I mean, like, James Cook is probably their best pure runner. Um, Absolutely. I mean, Devin Singletary is also good, but he's not a he doesn't really have the size um, to be like, you know, involved a, a ton. He's going to split snaps. I don't know. I, I I almost feel like the under is <laughs> if you were approaching this game from a betting perspective, of course, I think the under would almost be a good play because the assumption without digging into it is just two good offenses, two good quarterbacks, yada, yada, yada. 
But like Jake said, I think the run game issues with the Bills is a big thing. And the Bengals' defense is, like, competent in coverage. Um, And then on the other side of the ball, which is what I was telling Josh earlier, is, like, yes, Joe Burrow is incredible. And, yes, he does get the ball out quickly. But, like, when you're down three of your five starting offensive line, that is so important in a bad way for the Bengals. You know, it even without Vaughn Miller, the Bills are going to get a lot of pressure to Joe Burrow, and that's how you beat Joe Burrow, as as the Rams showed in the Super Bowl. So, you know, if one can beat Joe Burrow, that's how you do it. Um, so I almost just think this is going to be a lower-scoring game than people think or expect. Um, I'm interested in what the weather is going to be in Buffalo. I assume it's going to be pretty cold, so that and maybe even, you know, pretty windy, but th- that could be another factor as to why this game ends up being low scoring if if that happens um but ultimately where i land on this is that without a on the caveat that 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 josh allen's elbow isn't super messed up and he is able to have a relatively normal josh allen game i just don't see i just see the Bengals' offensive line issues being too much to overcome for them um, it would be one thing if their offense was like playing at the at their peak right now, but they really haven't been for the last like three to four weeks. Um, they they their offense hasn't actually been that good. So yeah, they've had someone yeah. out. They haven't scored a ton of points. Yeah, yeah, yeah I mean, all I good mean, points. I don't think the Bills' de- uh, defense is uh, to be taken lightly, and I know Vaughn's out, but they've been switching up the play calling. They've been bringing Matt Milano and Matt. Bo- Matt Milano's been having some games. I think last week he had two sacks. And I mean, I'm sure that the Bills don't really want to be bringing Matt Milano. They they probably want to try to only get pressure with four. But with Bon out, they've been switching it up. And uh, with since he's O-line being as tore up as it is, I, I, I think you're right, Ian. And it's going to be an under type of week. Yeah, the other thing that I that just came to mind when you mentioned Matt Milano, who's been awesome this year, um, is um, is it is it Hyde or Poyer that was out for most of the year, but was just they they just opened the pra- the three week practice window to activate him. I think it's Micah Hyde. Yeah, so Hyde. I have no idea if he's going to be ready to play, and even if he does play, obviously he's not going to be peak Micah Hyde. But if that if he comes back and is playing even a little bit, like that's going to be a huge help for the defense. So. There are some, again, I, I think that's been, like Josh, you mentioned, yes, they did give up 31 points to Skylar Thompson last week. So the narrative is like the Bills' defense isn't very good. And I think it's more of just about a reference point thing of like, they used to be like, or like, let's say last year or two years ago, they they were like the best, if not one of the best defenses in the league. So that when they're a little bit of a step down, it feels like a big deal. They're still a really good defense is my point. And yeah, I don't know. I like I said, I don't think it's a blowout, but I'm leaning on I'm leaning Bills right now, even on the spread. So we'll see we'll see what happens. I'm really excited though. We're seeing the game that we wanted to see in the regular season that obviously ended the way it did prematurely. So it'll be nice to see who comes out on top now. I didn't even think of that. I mean Bills are <laughs> Bills are fighting for something. Yeah, that's definitely going to fuel the fire. Yeah, that's what I said last week as well. I mean, I, 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 
I didn't really know who to take for that matchup, but Ian, I think that you have swayed my opinion to fully go with the Bills. Right? He did the same thing to me. <laughs> well, I mean, like, uh, that's great to hear, obviously, but it's funny because I, t- I was telling Josh, like, I actually, my bet is on the Bengals plus four and a half, which was an early week bet that I sort of now regret in hindsight, but it is what it is. Um, but on the DeMar Hamlin thing, like, he's definitely going to either be on the sideline or in the stadium somewhere during that game. So I, I would imagine. Um because he's been like, I don't know if you guys have read the reports, but he's been going into the facility and like doing stuff like he's I don't want to say back to normal because I I wouldn't characterize it like that. But he's doing normal type of things. Um, So you can be sure that like his presence there is going to make a big is going to make a big difference, I think, for, for like what do they bring to this game? Like they're not going to come out flat is my point. You know, they're they're going to be ready to go on the mental side. So. Yeah, and I think know, the Bills you, are probably going to win. And you know Buffalo is going to show up and they're going to be loud and rowdy and they're going to be there for it. Yeah. And, like, if there is ever one quarterback who would just be like, I don't give a shit, it's probably Joe Burrow, you know, like who would, like, be successful regardless of any of that stuff. You know, him, Mahomes, and Allen, I think, when it comes to real-life football, I think most people probably think that those are the top three quarterbacks in the league right now. You know, some people say Herbert, but hasn't really proven it in the playoffs. So, yeah, really good. It's going to be close. I think the Bills are going to win. Yep. I think you're, pro- you're probably going to be right. I'm just such a Joe Burrow stan. You know, I-, I was all in the Bengals last year, all aboard the train, and I'm kind of aboard again. But that's that's more wishful thinking than uh, – than like actual rationality quick betting note on the Bengals I I heard some stat the other day um they're like 20 and 4 against the spread since the Super Bowl or since like last year's playoffs or something like they cover almost every week whether they're favorites or dogs it doesn't matter like they like they almost just always beat the spread which I thought was interesting clearly they are always undervalued by by you know the smart uh people and you know algorithms that make these lines so we'll see if it's the case here but i don't know i don't i don't really see it with the offensive line injuries yeah all right well i mean i think all the the games last weekend were great i think these games are going to be even better um but yeah we're getting down to crunch time i'm super excited to see these last four teams because i imagine that all four teams that win this week all have a good chance of winning the Super Bowl because there's there's a lot of good deep teams. You know, I think Eagles, Bills, Bengals, Chiefs, uh, 49ers, you know, I think those teams specifically all have a really, really good shot. And it's not like the other teams can't win, but just from, you know, the outside perspective of a team and the structure of a team, all those teams are just seem super capable lifting the trophy this year. There is... Um, there's almost always one team. Sorry to interrupt you. There's just real quick. There's always almost always one team in this final eight where you're like they have they're not gonna win the Super Bowl, right? Like I think last year was it's it probably the, the Bengals. <laughs> yeah, I would have. Yeah, <laughs> well, yeah. What was did the Titans play the Bengals in the wild card round or was that the divisional round? I think it was divisional because I think they were the one seed. <clears throat> oh right, right, right. Because the Bengals beat the Raiders first. Yeah. So that was the Titans were the team where it was like they got the bye, but like I did not think that I thought they were going to beat the Bengals, but I did not think they were going to win the Super Bowl. Like no matter what. And I this year, legitimately, I cannot say that about any of these teams. 
literally any of these teams, including the Giants, can win the Super Bowl, in my opinion. Would that be crazy? Unlikely? Yeah. But, like, <laughs> they've done it before with, I don't know, Eli's, you know, you guys know what my thoughts are, I think, on Eli Manning. But, like, Daniel Jones is playing, Daniel Jones is playing some of the best football of any quarterback right now. That's that's not even an opinion. That's just a fact. So Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. All right. Well, speaking of trophies, somebody <laughs> didn't get to lift their second trophy this year in our fantasy football league. <laughs> Mr. Jake Storms did uh, had a damn good year, though. I think the expectation was not that you were going to get back to the final, at least to begin I, the year. I, I think every year I come into the year thinking that I'm going to rebuild and and I, it, it's I don't have a chance, and then I just go all in, and that's definitely what I did this year. Um, and it, it's heartbreaking that um it ended the way it did. I, I do think that if uh, that game was played out, I, I probably would have won. Um, but with the circumstances, I was I was fine with just not even trying to figure out how to sort things out, and I was just fine with taking the loss. Who did yeah. you have that last week? You had Diggs. It was Diggs versus Burrow. And were you I was, up? I was down by. Uh, You're down four points point, or something. One point oh. eight. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I see that. So dang, um, yeah, yeah. That last, that's that was so crazy for the Demar Hamlin thing to happen at all. But for it to be the final week of the fantasy playoffs, just like you know, every single league in the world got probably got not screwed over, but you know, impacted in, to some regard. Yeah, yeah. I, um, I mean. It's definitely something that's never been seen before, and it, I don't think anyone really knew how to handle it. So it's just crazy that it, it happened literally the last week for fantasy and definitely messed up a lot of people's uh, finals. Yeah. Jake, Jake, your team is so good. Like you have like five blue chippers that are just so it's so nice to see their names next to each other when you like look at the lineup. Uh, for those that don't know, Jake has well, he didn't play him in this week, but because he wasn't playing, but he has Jalen Hurts, uh, Christian McCaffrey, uh, Stefan Diggs, Chris Godwin, Travis Kelsey. Those are the guys I'm talking about primarily. Yeah, and uh, so you good. traded for Godwin this year, right? Yeah, I traded uh, my first and Jacoby Myers, which I was very hes- hesitant to do at first. I, I'm a big uh, Jacoby stan. Um, but I, I definitely think it worked out in my favor, and he's the, the second half of the season. He's been putting up a very solid stat line for me. Yeah, Godwin's been really good. I mean, he's always been really good, but I'd say like, yeah, pretty much when you got him, he really started kicking it in the gear. You know, I don't know if I would have made that trade in in its entirety, even you know, even in hindsight. But uh, it's worked out. And, you know, I think you've, you've been pretty, like, I feel like when we talk about it, you're always saying, yeah, I kind of want to rebuild. I kind of want to go for picks. But then you end up doing that trade. I think every year you've done a trade that was kind of a big trade. And then you, it's totally worked out for you. Your team is always so scary. I remember losing to you and it was just because you have those guys, those, those, those blue chip guys that Ian was mentioning that can give you 30 points anytime. It's terrifying. Yeah. Well, also, like, <laughs> McCaffrey getting traded to the 49ers 
is like a huge thing too. Like I don't think anyone thought that like even when the oh McCaffrey's on the block stuff happened in I'm talking about in real life. I don't think anyone really thought he would go to the 49ers, which is essentially the best possible place for him to go. So that was a huge yeah. help. But that was like awesome. And honestly, dude, the the Godwin trade ended up working out so well because that pick that you gave up is the 11th overall pick, right? Because you, you finished mm-hmm. second. So giving up the 11th overall pick and Jacoby Myers for a guy like Chris Godwin, who's still only 26. And I think he's a – I'm pretty sure Chris Godwin's a free agent next year. I could be wrong about that, but – yeah, I'm not um, sure about that. He could go somewhere and be, you know, just as good of, of a wide receiver two. And I say two in quotations because he was really the best one this year. Um, or he could be the wide receiver one maybe. So, yeah, I, I just think he's a stud. I feel like they use him as a wide receiver one pretty much. You know, he he's more of the go-to guy in a lot of ways. Like Evans is the outside guy, you know. He's going to catch a lot of the touchdowns and he's going to make the big plays. But I feel like they always – like. He would have like a bunch of you know six to ten type catch games or at least six to twelve target type games. Yeah, I, yeah. I think I think for the most part he was getting targeted upwards of like ten times, and that was happening week in and week out. Um, like you said, Mike Evans is sort of like the big play type guy, but it, it seemed like Godwin was just dependable for Tom and was always open and getting those points for me. Yeah, I mean, he has been for, I think, like three years now. Godwin's been so good. I've always wanted a share of Godwin. Without without looking, either of you, um, what do you think his highest finish on a, on an individual season in fantasy was based on, like, on PPR scoring, like how, how our league does? For, for wide receivers, I'm talking about. It might honestly be this year. I feel like the past couple of years he's missed more games than he has missed in this year. I think that this year would be his best year. Yeah. This year he finished as the wide receiver 19, which is not his best year. Oh, then, yeah, that's not his best. Um, but still, that's pretty damn in good. In 2019, Chris Godwin was the wide receiver 2. Right. Yeah. Really? <laughs> yeah. I think that was when Jameis was, like, throwing three oh, touchdowns oh, and three like, interceptions every uh, game. 50 <laughs> touchdowns? Yeah, 50 touchdowns, 30 picks or whatever the hell it was. Yeah. That's oh, got to be a record, right? Like, nobody's ever thrown that many touchdowns and interceptions. Yeah, touchdowns. it was a record. Yeah, holds, <laughs> I think both records. Most touchdowns <laughs> and most interceptions. Yeah, I think you're right. Or, no, not not most touchdowns. Cause it was close. That, uh, isn't that oh, Payton? it's still May- like 50, it's still Peyton. 54, I think. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. But, man, this year was, for our league, was the parody was crazy. You know, I think... We talked about it last year saying, you know, there's probably going to be eight, nine, maybe 10 teams kind of having a chance to get in the playoffs this year. And I think for most of the season, that's, that was fairly accurate. Um, seemed like a lot of teams were trading with each other. I'd say Lee's team was kind of running away with it pretty much all year, at least like regular season wise. But uh, yeah, for sure, dude. But he has the best team that we've probably ever seen in our fantasy. Yeah, league. yeah that team is unimaginable if, yeah. if he screenshotted that team and sent it into someone like they would just think that he was in a, a six team and he had the first overall pick yeah like, that team is <laughs> yeah it's so good oh man but uh I'm, I'm excited for you know the future of this league where you know there are teams that 
haven't had that much success who could really be good in the future and like some of like probably us three generally speaking our teams are a little bit closer to the mature side of things rather than like the up and coming filled with young studs um generally speaking so it'll be cool to see what happens but i just feel like lee is going to be public enemy number one again next season because just on the assumption of like you know all of his he has jonathan taylor who was out the whole season and the dude still almost won yeah go for it lee lee's team the first two years the league i know that he wasn't here the first year that we did the league but i don't i think that that team was was pretty bad and then the the year that lee took over again it was pretty bad just riddled with injuries and lee was on the bottom of the board every year and then he just made great trades waited it out and and look at the team that he has yeah i mean it's so good i think his team was kind of middle of the pack but i wanted to say that i thought it was fairly like capable i think most of the teams in our league are actually like pretty capable um you know, even the bottom, they have some some talent. But yeah, next next year is going to be interesting though, because you know, like for me, I know like last year is probably my last year um, to ha- to have a run with this squad because I don't have picks. I didn't have my first round last year, and I don't have it this year. And I feel like that's just so it's so valuable in fantasy. I know like you you can you know waiver wire and you, we have five rounds of rookie drafts and whatever and you can find some diamonds in the rough but with with like i feel like our benches are pretty decently sized that it's kind of hard to get better just from waivers you know and my team's getting older and i have alvin Kamara, who might not even play next year so uh yeah i'm i'm not looking too hot this year was very disappointing for me but i just I'm looked go- at my roster <laughs> yeah and i totally forgot this i swear to god <laughs> isaiah hodgins is on my team uh jake what do you want for isaiah hodgins let's <laughs> got him straight up yeah we could probably we could probably come to a deal there yeah that uh, sounds yeah, like my, a pretty good deal <laughs> my team's my team's coming back with a vengeance i think uh i Brees, gotta make a, a full giants Reese hall towards acl he should be healthy and uh i have picks four and eight in the first round so hopefully i don't pick all the wrong players like i have a tendency to and then Josh makes fun of me. <laughs> yeah, I have an early second round pick, which is what I'm excited about. Because <laughs> I didn't make the playoffs. I don't even know what picks I have. Um, I don't even know if I have a second this year. Someone want to fact check me on that? Oh yeah, you did. You did make some trades, right? To get you gave up your have, first. I might have gotten a second. You have two seconds this year. I have two seconds. Oh, I'm yeah, you, you have Mitch's and James's. Oh, nice. Yeah, that's big chilling. Big chilling. I forget who oh. has my second, but it's not me. Probably Brian. Probably. Probably Brian. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Cordero for him for a second. Is that the trade? I did have Cordero at some point, but I think I traded. I think you I got Cordero Cole, from Cole. Yeah. Or did I trade him, Nicole? I don't remember. <laughs> <laughs> there have been a lot of trades. Uh, yeah. But I'm really excited for that fourth overall pick because I, I think that this class is going to have two really good running backs at minimum and three really good wide receivers. So between those five, I think I'll be able to get someone good. But 
Well, so Jake, you pay attention to college, right? Like a decent amount. Um, I really got into college this year purely based off of betting. Um, uh-huh. but uh, yeah, I started picking up college football at the beginning of of this year, and definitely fun to watch. I'm not too familiar with any of the players. Um, I know that there's one really solid running back. That's gonna. I think he's a consensus number one number one overall. I, I'm not familiar with his name. Do you guys know? Yes. Yeah, his name's Bijan Robinson. He's a uh, running back from Texas. I actually was fortunate enough to be able to see him live because when I went to, to Austin to visit oh, Brian yeah. that weekend, we we went to the, the Texas game and he played. And yeah, I mean, the eye test backs up anything else that you want to say about him. He's he's a stud. They like most people consider him in the same range as like Brees Hall and like Saquon, like that high tier, I guess, Zeke. Zeke when he first came out of college too, like the, the the cream of the crop running backs. I don't know if he's going to be the best of those guys, but he's he's you know unless he goes to a really bad situation, like he's going to be really good for fantasy. Who do you have for running backs, Ski? I know you have. Uh... Oh, it's bad. Man. That was your weak point, man. That's that's been your weak point for a couple right. of years. I, I'll pull it up. I'm, oh, I'm except obviously... it was good this year, at least to begin the year. You had like Sanders, Miles Sanders, and Clyde to begin the year, who both were awful but so good this year. Yeah, I mean, Clyde's not on the team anymore. My, my running backs right now are Brees, Miles Sanders. Um, I have Deonta Foreman on the Panthers, who, like, isn't really reliable, but could be a solid flex. And then I have Antonio Gibson, who, at this point, he's just not going to be anything good until he leaves uh, Washington. So I, I definitely could use another running back, to say the least. Have you thought about What are your picks? You said four and... Four and eight in the first round. Um, have, you, so, have you thought about trading up to that number one spot or at least trying? Um, I mean, I haven't thought too much about it. Who's the Who has the first overall pick in our league? Uh, I, think it's, uh, it's, I think it's Hooter. Hooten? Hooten? Yeah. Hooten. yeah. Is that how you say his name? Hooten? Owen. Uh, yeah. Hooten. Yeah, I, I have a feeling he's probably not going to want to trade that pick no matter what. And I prop the four and the eight probably wouldn't get it done, but. I guess I should think about it. I, I I think for me though, I'd I think there's a chance for me to get two. There is a chance for me to get two blue chip players with both of those picks. So I really have to f- figure out like if I'm gonna go two for one, like is it really worth it? And I'm not. I'm just not sure that it is because that fourth overall pick could be someone like uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba, the wide receiver for the for uh, for Ohio State, like yeah. who could be like very very good. So. It's it, you know, I have to figure it out, but um, yeah, we'll see, we'll see. I don't know, not maybe I'll get, trade some other players too. Not to get too off topic, but in in uh, Shit Dynasty, the league that Josh and I are in, um, that I joined this past year, I have a your team is so good. <laughs> I, a very young roster, um, and my weakest point. My weakest position is definitely running backs, and I have three firsts. Like so uh, one from Josh, one from James, and then mine. So they're they're all late, um, mid to late. But I'm definitely gonna try to make a package to try to get that number one overall spot. Yeah, that's a good idea. Also, there's there's another running back named Jameer Gibbs from Alabama, who I think because everyone's talking about Bijan not a, not a lot of people are talking about this guy but I, he's probably also going to be really good so 
obviously you want to see like where the where they go in the draft and whatever but even getting the number two overall pick for you in that given that you're looking for running backs could be good um yeah you mentioned you had a like a young good roster i i finally won not finally it's only the second year but i won a dynasty league this year where i had like pretty much all young guys like i have Mixon, barkley cd lamb aj brown jalen waddle jerry judy and like it's so sick to have a young core like that like i know josh like you play to win the chip and i get it and like you're fine with trading or drafting older players but the flip side of it is like it is really nice to like have a young core of like all really really solid guys like all those guys are 25 or younger pretty much um yeah i mean i could do that i could probably do that every year like get a young roster like that with the rosters I have if I'm if I trade but like generally like there's so many guys who I think next year could be super good and if you trade the year before you know you take a downgrade that year but you could could be an upgrade the next year I just it's like it's so hard for me to play fantasy like that and I know dynasty like allows that a little more because of the picks and the futuristic aspects of it but yeah, generally, I just feel like you if you draft well initially, you have a chance to win the chip every year. I, I like do yeah. truly believe that. So like it's kind of hard for me to sacrifice that to go just, younger. But then I look at like you no know, like a team like that, or like I look at Jake's team in Cha Dynasty, where he he has like eight or ten, like he pretty much has a full roster of guys in like their first three years or two years and three first round picks. Like that's just absurd. Like as long as you don't fuck up all those picks, like you could hit on just one of them and be set for like every year for the next few years. No pressure, Jake. <laughs> Good thing I got three picks. Yeah, yeah. right. <laughs> yeah. It's a lot of opportunities there. All right, boys. Well, I don't know if you guys have anything else to say, but this was a fun, you know, a fun fantasy season. I don't think I've put in nearly as much time this year as I have in the past. And that's not an excuse for why I lost. My, my team did not come through. Um, but I do think, at least fantasy-wise, I will buckle down a little harder next year because it, it may be the end for me. You've tasted the the bitter feeling of defeat, and now you're ready to come back with a vengeance. I like exactly, that. exactly. This is my honeymoon phase. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Well, uh, Jake, thank you so much for coming on the pod. It was a lot of fun to talk uh football giants fantasy whatever i wish you the best of luck i mean i wish your giants the best of luck and not and therefore you um i'm gonna be rooting for them honestly even though i was kind of a big eagles guy <clears throat> all year because the giant story is just awesome so yeah thanks for coming on uh <clears throat> we'll probably have you on in the future if if you want to be and uh yeah that's about it josh you want to outro us yeah any last words jake uh, Josh, I want to know who, who who you're siding with. Giants. You mean like who I think is gonna win or who no, I want who, to win? Who do you who do you want to win? I mean, oh. Eagles Eagles beat you in a Super Bowl. I think that that Super Bowl was was tough. Just as was was that Tom Brady's last season, at Patriots? No, it wasn't. But no, they're all like all three. The two that we lost to y'all and the one to the Eagles is is they're hard to swallow because like the first one against y'all was. Like, that's probably, like, it's, I can never root for the Giants because you guys stopped us from going undefeated. Like, I was young, too, and I was kind of, I wasn't just getting into it, but I was only a few years deep and, like, still super passionate. Like, I was watching every game with my buddy, and we just, like, 
you know, we were young. We'd go around, like, throwing the football, pretending to be, like, Randy Moss and Tom Brady. And, like, you know, just it was such an epic time. And then to lose that game to the wild card Giants, like, that that forever will sting. So it's really hard for me to support. But uh, I will say I think the fan base of the Eagles I hate so much more. Oh gosh, <laughs> worst worst. Like, even with all that, like yeah, the fan base of the Eagles is it's crazy. They're crazy, which you know I I appreciate and respect, but yeah, it's I, it's hard for me to ever root for the Eagles in any capacity. Um, so I, I'm I think like if I was to bet on it, I would bet Giant spread probably. Like I think there's a really good chance it's close. Um, and if I had to pick one just out of liking, I think I dislike the Giants a little bit less than I dislike the Eagles. So. That's a good point. Like, as a neutral fan, like, it would be, it's just so much funnier to, like, watch Eagles fans be mad than it would be for, like, Giants fans to be sad. You know what I mean? Like, because there's just, like, it's just hilarious. Because, yeah, nobody likes Eagles fans, but also, like, (laughs) they're, they have the expectation to win the game. So, keep in mind, though, if, if, if the Giants win this matchup, Giants Twitter is going to be relentless. I'm I'm for it. I'm all for it. Yeah, yeah. I'm here for it too. I I don't think Jalen Hurts is. I mean, I think he's really good, but I just don't know if he's him. You know, I don't know if he like. Let's say they won the Super Bowl this year somehow. Like, do you think people would put Jalen Hurts in that upper echelon tier of quarterbacks? Like, kind of when Lamar had his first. Like, I think they might have won one playoff game, and it, maybe it was off his MVP season too. You know, people were talking about him in the top. You know, like four or five quarterbacks. Do you think Hurts would be there if? they made a Super Bowl run? I think people tried to push that narrative this year. Um, they did. And I, I would I would say top seven. I don't know if I would say like top five. Um, and I mean, I, I I think that Hurts is my favorite player from the Eagles. It's, it's hard. It's hard to, to dislike the guy because, I mean, he, he's fun to watch. But I don't know if I if I would put him like in that top five category yeah i think it would be it might be one of those things hard to argue otherwise if they were able to win it all and he played well um just because you know i think herbert would be one of those people in that kind of in that realm but he hasn't proven it yet um lawrence is probably pushing towards that and you know maybe he can prove this playoffs but you know lamar healthy is obviously really good but other than those those few and like the the big ones we already know about who are in the playoffs. I can't really think of like any other guys kind of pushing that top five. So, but anyways, so, yeah. So you mean other than Zach Wilson? Yeah, other than Zach Wilson. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, for for us here at uh, Unintentional Grounding, we hope you have a good one. We'll be back next week with another episode to talk. Uh, after all these great matchups happen, and yeah, best of luck to the Giants, Jake. You, you may need it. Yeah, definitely. Amen. <laughs> All right. Later, everybody. Peace.